Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for. The sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome on in. It's Unrivaled, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Alex Keurig, Scott Mitchell. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Scott, you made it to Wednesday, buddy. Hey, what do you know? Congratulations. Uh, Thank you, everybody. I just want to congratulate everybody. Hopefully, you're over that hump, and hopefully, uh, you know, everything's going really well for you. Thanks for listening to the program. Hey, there is a brand new KSL Sports app that I want you to download. Find some time here because a lot of of us, uh, a lot of the listeners are showing up, and uh, they do the streaming thing more than any other any other way of getting uh, getting on the show and listening to the, all the shows on uh, on the station across the day? So it's a uh, it's a big deal. You've got to change over if you've been using any any other app. It's not going to be working out for you. So uh, I want I want folks to be doing it here. So let's let's get to this thing and uh, let's download the the uh, the new KSL Sports app and uh, we'll get it going here. Scott's looking at your. Did you download the new KSL app? Is that what you're doing right now with your phone? No, I'm just trying to get approval. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Facial, right. facial recognition. My my uh, my phone is not recognizing me. Really? As the is actual... it because of your headphones? No, I think it's the dimness of the room. Mm. There's not. It's not just dimness going on in the room that's uh, that's that's causing the issues. What are you trying to say, Alex? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying this show. Oh, the dimness is uh, is one with us. You know, I found this interesting fact out today. What did you find out that the center of the. Um, like where NFL football players come from, yeah, is in Tennessee. Uh, what do you mean? What well, are you talking about? So they took they took the uh, where every football player uh, where their hometown was. So they basically said that uh, uh, Tipton County, Tennessee, is the central point of where most NFL football players come from. 
But Tennessee's not the like, not even close to like the top five or eight like recruiting right. states. You're talking about like geographically. It's not, it's not like California right. or Texas. Geographically, you take geographically you take all the where these guys come from, and it ends up getting an average location. It basically, triangulates based on kind yeah. of where where, where, where they're from. And so it's Tennessee. So so that's kind of the yeah that's the southeast essentially. Eventually, yeah, yeah. Or essentially. Eventually, essentially. Eventually and essentially. Now, if you take out the six Australian players. Oh, they screwed up the then it Then it time. moves to Arkansas. So jo- now, oh, Jones, good. Jonesboro, Arkansas. How actually. does, how, wait, wait a minute. Taking away Australia. Yeah, there's six, there's six Australians. So what it does is it pulls it. Um, I don't know why it's Australia, but it, it, it. Well, it no, I, I would imagine, I, I would have thought that it would have pulled, that it actually, not doing those guys would have actually moved it even further east. You would think, but I guess they were talking about they're yeah. going the direction of the Indian so, Ocean. So it actually side. goes down. Okay, um, what you think? You know, down under yeah. would make it go I guess, up. More. I guess we now, don't have our geography. Now, now. here is a crazy thing for you. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? All you listeners, you sitting down for this one? Oh boy, the uh, where most well the center point of where most Canadian football players come yes. from, Bismarck, North Dakota. So it's actually in the United States, but it is far north. So that that tells now, you that there actually, is a is hotbed there, for like Canadian football talent. Is there is there do the Canadian football do Canadian football univers or do universities have big Canadian football teams? Um, you have to have like a certain percent. You can only have a certain percentage of non-Canadian born players on your team. Okay, so, so they they make you have it's a significant amount. I mean, I want to say it's like seventy percent of your team or something like that has to be from Canada. Yeah, I don't most know. of the players come from. Um, like um, British Columbia, and and that's actually right along that parallel line, you know, with the 48th parallel, which basically separates the United States yes. from from the Canucks. Uh, that's offensive. But it is it is so Canadian football players. So they do listen to this. They have a collegiate level that's called U Sports Football. It's the highest level of Canadian football under it. Uh, it it uh, it operates under U Sports. Uh, formerly the Canadian Inter-University Sports. So there are. There are 27 teams that uh, play at Canadian universities, and that is. That's where the majority, of, the you? vast majority of the talent comes out of the – well, because I would assume it actually helps to know the rules of Canadian football, the the, the stuff that does change up a little bit. So there you go. I'm Could glad you? We, had, we started off the show talking about Canadian well, no, football. We well, let me ask you before. something about can, yeah. speaking of Canada, because, you know, Canada's a thing these days, right? Sure. I mean, we've determined a Voice lot of, of things. Voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, Canadian. A lot of things come from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, basketball comes from Canada. Okay, that is that is that's true. garbage. Just because no, James Naismith, Dr. Well, James Naismith, was born in Canada, the peach basket was in Springfield, Massachusetts. Yeah, but what if he wasn't born? We wouldn't have basketball today. There's no LeBron James, mm-hmm. no Michael Jordan. Fine, no debate over who's the greatest of all time. Um, but Canadian comedians are legit, though. Yeah the the amount of cast of characters that have come out of uh, Canada from Saturday Night Live, amazing. Yes. So that I'll agree with. So, so um, the the champion, the current champion, national no, champion of, so, uh, of, so of Canadian football is Laval I, Rouge. I wanted to ask you a question about hockey. Mm-hmm. So most hockey players, a lot of hockey players come from Canada, right? And what they do is they get shipped out of their homes at like a young age. To go to to go on these travel teams, and they basically they basically go. No, they're schools too. Yeah, yeah. When you're schools. 15 and. Here's the thing that they do is they typically end up picking the players who are the oldest for their age because they're the most developed at that time. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah, but but when they get older, what if they're not the same? The same? What, they might be missing out on players because there's a there's a weeding out process at about that fifteen. Yeah, years. I can see that. Would you do that? Um, if you were really good at hockey and you're a fifteen year old kid, like basically would go you to basic, hockey boarding school, basically go to hockey boarding thousand school. Percent. Would you really? Yeah, and I would encourage my kids to do it if they were good. I would love it. Really? Because, yeah. Think about it, man. That's like I'd rather have a life. <laughs> no, but th- there's there's something to. I mean, th- people send their kids away to boarding school for all sorts of things. Yeah. If we when we start doing it for football, that's when we know it's kind of crazy. I was. I mean, get- look the Real Academy, right? The Real Salt Lake Academy. That's like those are same kids thing. who are playing massive amounts. Of, same thing they do it in Europe for all the soccer teams. Yeah, you need balance in your life when you're that young. Otherwise, you start crying when you yeah, go but you to know what? You Otherwise, tennis you don't get, matches. Because Lionel Messi, I think, went over to the – he was in the in the Barcelona system when he was like 12. Yeah. So And, and look, okay. going from Argentina to Spain, living in Spain for that good chunk of his life, yeah. it turned him into a the best soccer player in the history of the game. Yeah. I just I don't, Bar none. I don't think I can do right. it. Jeremy. But I will tell you this. Yeah. I know I'm not letting you start the show. Oh, what? Um, fine. Like, I do love Miracle. Like my kids asked me last night, they go, "What's your favorite movie, Dad?" Yeah. I think it's Miracle. Scott gets. I'll just tell everybody right now. Hey, like audience, I, Scott cries at anything. Okay, well, miracle, miracle is is a it's a mix of sports, patriotism, underdog. It's uh, it's got our it's got our eighties foe, Russia. But like it's built it, but it was reality. We put Russia as the bad guys in every movie when I was growing up. When you were growing up, every bad guy. Were the Russians? Yeah. Now, when my dad was growing up, all the bad guys were Germans. Right. See, when I grew up, all the bad guys were the Indians. So it was the Cowboys and Indians. Uh, but you can't say that these days. Yeah. Mm-mm. So all the bad people now, Commandos. The, the, oh, the commandos. Commanders. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you got? Oh, let's hit the let's start the uh, let's start the show here. Oh, we actually have fine. something to talk about here besides Canadian football. But I'm glad uh, you brought it up. Well, no, I want to talk about miracle. So really quick, miracle, <laughs> miracle. I watched that movie and I know what the ending's going to be, but I still I'm 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 still anxious. Like, are they get, are they still going to win this time? And there are two movies I've watched in my life that are that way: Miracle and Apollo thirteen. Like, oh, I like, watch Apollo thirteen. Back, yeah. Are they going to make it back? Are they going to make it? And I know the ending, but every time I watch those two movies, I still I'm not sure it's going to happen. All right. I'm glad that uh, that you went through that. You're hanging out with your kids last night doing the, uh, oh, man. the cooking class you guys do. Yeah. Awesome, uh, Legos and uh, cooking school. See, yeah, and, and your and your kids are adults. That's what I love. Is that they're, they're totally we're here, man. Now my 20 year old, he <clears throat> basically slept on the couch for a good part of the, the night. Oh well, he, he showed up. Probably had a long night. Let's kick off the cut here. Let's get going into uh, some uh, very very important things here on the program. Stay with us. Let's the cut right here on the program. The other question. Undeniable, unrivaled. Top sports story of the hour. Here's what made the cut. All right, the cut as usual, and our show uh, presented by G2G Bars. G2GBar.com is the website where you can find it. Uh, It flies off the shelves in the refrigerated section at Costco. And Associated Foods and Holiday Oil, Maverick, and many other locations now showing up. They need to make more. The Smith by my house is just absolutely decked out with them. It's awesome. So give them a try. Protein bar that tastes amazing, and that thing will get you going throughout the day here. So there you go. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. 
And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Scott, yes, just sir. an update real quick. The Jazz lost uh, another game. It's their fourth in a row. Third in a row on this road trip. And uh, I'm excited about this uh, this Jazz team. I was a little bit concerned last night. As soon as I saw uh, Simone Fontecchio <laughs> as a starter, I went, okay. I kind of know where we're going here. But you had like a really good night out of your all-star. Lowry yep. Markinen had 33 points, right? You have guys showing up. Uh, Ochai Abaji. Decent night. Chris Dunn is still showing up. Yep. He had 11 points, 8 rebounds, and I think, or 8 assists and 5 rebounds. I mean, the guy is like a, he's a ball of energy, which is what you want, yeah. which is what Will Hardy wants. But the Jazz end up losing to the Mavericks. Uh, Luka Doncic with 29, and I think Kyrie had, th- what, 33 or 34. Kyrie lights up the Jazz. Whenever he, It's yeah. like he has a thing. He's like, I'm hey. as soon as the Jazz show up, I'm going to beat these guys. Well, it was a close game. They had a chance to win in the end. Yeah. Here's what I've learned. Hmm. You know what I've learned? I, ca- I came to this realization last night. The Utah Jazz are not going to make the playoffs. And they have played this season brilliantly. They have played it brilliantly. They have played it brilliantly. They've tried hard. They've found some assets in some of these players they've acquired in these trades. They're putting themselves in a really good position to, um, you know, potentially get a really high draft pick. Uh, They're going to be in the lottery somewhere. And it's a beautiful thing. And they've played it masterfully. You know why? Nobody's mad. Nobody's tuned out. People are excited. Uh, you don't get disappointed when they lose a game like this. And Guys are and trying just, to prove themselves every night. They've played it brilliantly. Yeah. They, this organization has played this season absolutely brilliant. I just, you know, I was uh, I was really encouraged by this, by a game like that, because it had all the things you wanted. You're all-star scoring 30-plus. Uh, the game being close and you still lost. I want like that. Those are my new qual- those are my new qualifications yes. for the Jazz. <laughs> I want Lowry to to aver- end up averaging twenty eight points at the end of the season. I want uh, Chris Dunn to be firing on all cylinders. I want these games to be competitive and interesting. And I still want you to lose because now the way that this goes is if this Jazz team because they're thirteenth now, right? Yeah. Uh, which also puts Went from them nine to thirteen in, in one, one game. game. That just shows you how crazy the West is. And that's why you're like, if you lose two or three more, you're solidifying your You're kind of putting as, yourself there. Yeah. That that's uh that's how competitive these guys are in the yeah. in the midfield here. At, and at the, the Jazz uh, have some really tough games coming up against really good teams. Absolutely. I mean, if, that Orlando game, which I think is the next one, right? The yeah. the Orlando game is not going to be a piece of cake, even though no. Orlando has fewer wins than they do. Twenty seven wins for Orlando. But then again, you know, we're saying all this. And there's this little thing in the back of my mind that goes, they're going to go on a four-game win streak. Like they're just gonna, they're gonna win the rest of these, win another when they come home. But they have a murder's row of a bunch of really, really good teams are going to be matching up against. And so, um, so there you go. The Jazz, uh, the Jazz didn't disappoint last night because I can't be disappointed by this team. No. So I'm watching this. 
the thing you would get disappointed by is if you saw somebody with a bad attitude, somebody barking back at Will Hardy, somebody looking sad on the sidelines or uh, being told to come in and they don't go in. Uh, you know, none of this stuff happens, right? This team is busting their butt, and when you see a guy like a, like a Chris Dunn who's able to develop in a place where he probably, if the team was playoff contending, like legitimately like a 4-5 or five kind of team, Chris Dunn wouldn't be on this roster, I don't think. No. There wouldn't have been a 10-day contract. There wouldn't have even been a – I don't think there would even have been a first 10-day uh, contract. I think that they find guys like that and they go, you know what, this is a perfect time. We like what we see in him in the G League. Let's see what he's got. And guess what? He keeps earning his freaking keep, and that's what you want out of guys. And so yeah, – I'll tell you. Yeah, I wasn't disappointed last night because I cannot be disappointed by this Not team. only Chris Dunn, but – uh, it's been a luxury. It's like uh, Simone Fontecchio. There, it's like, dude, figure it out. Get your, you know, work it out. Yes, we're not going to pull you. We're, you know, we're going to eventually start you. Uh, Talon Horton Tucker, the same thing. You know, figure it out. We're we're putting in a totally had a great night. We're putting you in a totally new position, a totally new comfort zone, and you're just going to get, you know, uh, on the job training here, uh, which I think is the best training you can possibly have. So the Mavs. Uh- you know, they, they're trying to make some effort. And, you know, we were talking with Jake Scott about this yesterday. And it's just, you have two exceptionally good basketball players on your right. team. Not just all-stars, but like, I mean, Luka Doncic is probably a top three player in the world. I think we all kind of recognize that. Kyrie is as electric. As much as you might not like that guy, he is as electric as it gets when it comes to a guy who's on the floor and is able to kind of take over a game. But I don't think that they just get in each other's way. I mean, this is not well, they're, Lucas. They're, this is not Lucas' style of play. Well, they're trying to figure it out. I mean, it's it's a new situation. You know, good for the uh, good for the Jazz putting yeah. on the effort last night. You know, now, the rest of the schedule, the rest of the schedule looks like this for just the upcoming uh, road trip. They go Magic tomorrow night, Hornets, Heat, and then they come right back home after about five days off, and they play. They go Celtics, Kings, Trailblazers, Bucks at home. <laughs> like that is. Yeah. That is – it's like, yeah, you have a homestand, and every one of those teams is out for blood right now. They can't – Maybe not Portland. No, no, not Portland, yeah. But I'm saying like the Celtics, the Kings, the Bucks. these guys are like they're, – they're, they are humming, right? Yeah. And they have to be. And the Kings are trying to be like – everyone's going, yeah, the Kings, that's nice, but they're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs because they, they haven't been there for a thousand years. So there's no way that they're going to do anything, but the Kings are going to show up and try to put it on the Jazz, and I'm going to be okay with it. So we gave tickets away to that game, right for uh, for the twentieth. So, yeah, man, Celtics that's uh, that, that's going to be a tough stretch for this Jazz team. And then after that, it still is going to keep it's going to keep getting more difficult because they go on the road again out east uh, at one point for a little you know Celtics and Nets double dip, and then they end things with the Nuggets and the Lakers. You know, uh, two out of the last three games. So a lot of the winnable games they had on the back end of their schedule yeah. have have passed. <laughs> The Spurs and OKC. I mean, those were teams that you know that sub five hundred records that they could could have beaten. You know, I uh, tuning in last night and looking at the Western Conference uh, standings too, because I, I was I I keep watching them like something is gonna like something's gonna give here, but it's just like no team really wants to take over. The ones that have been significant, I think, for me in the West right now, that kind of going forward, you should be really nervous about if you're a Jazz fan, are. The Suns, who've made a, a, a quite a big move over just the last four four games or so, four or five games. I mean, since the, the All-Star break. So why are you worried about the Suns? Because going forward, as the Jazz are trying to establish themselves here, 
Like the Suns are going to be. You're, you're talking about the future. I'm talking about the future. Not the already season. moved on. The Grizzlies are going to go into a free fall because Kyrie Irving, uh, uh, sorry, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, John Morant, according to reports, is going to likely take a significant, uh, a significant chunk for a suspension. I think it was Shams today who reported that I'm it would sure. have been a a fifty game. He they're looking at possibly a fifty game suspension. Well, is that regular season? Well, that's the thing. No, you can't. You're not going to be playing in a game like that's 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 it, man. I mean, the the thing is, but is, is it that, postseason too? Like if their team goes to the playoffs, and oh, do those I, count as games? Or I don't it, think I don't think you can play. No, game. you can't just be like. But for the playoffs, you can come back. Even no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, if say Memphis goes. So let's say there's 15 oh, yeah. games every left game, in this season. Every game that the team would be available for, I think. And so if they get in the yeah. playoffs and play two series and they play seven games, it's yeah. another 14 games. Or do, do they just don't count? It's all taking, so taking t- time away from the team is one thing. When the NBA is going to find out that at the end that he did in fact have that firearm with him on the plane, I guess they'd probably try to – They'll probably try to spin it and go, no, it was a friend's gun who was at the club, you know, or something like that, or, you know, I don't know, I don't know what. Uh, but they can try to probably spin this thing. Uh, but the rumors that are out there, and it's not, it's nothing's been solidified because I think they're investigating the crud out of this thing, um, is trying to be that this this could be a fifty game suspension. These the rumors that that are kind of floating around it. It's not solidified because they're going to have to go through this full review, and they don't know if there's going to be those fifty games. And because the real problem is going forward, how does he handle this going forward? How does this look for him? And in five years, is he going to be an elite player, or is he just going to be somebody who we look and go, that's one of the biggest wastes of talent we've ever seen. Right, you and I were talking about Josh Gordon uh, before we came in, which is a different subject. You know, the former wide, the former you know All Pro wide receiver who has had substance issues that have been absolutely sad. Right, and ultimately they're his decisions and they're things that end up being his his problem. And it has absolutely killed a career where he could have been a multi year All Pro, which puts you in that category of being a Hall of Famer. And instead, he's playing in the XFL on the weekends, trying to earn his way back into the into the league. Because he's had so many strikes against him that it's just impossible. So typically, a guy, what road is John Morant well, going to go down? Right. So typically, a guy like um, that comes back is someone who does a dumb thing, right? And this sounds like it's more in the vein of a dumb thing. You think of uh, Ray Lewis, you know, or some of these other players that have done stupid things, and they they tend to. It's, it tends to be a wake-up call. It tends to be – and the wake-up call is, all right, the folks you're surrounding yourself with, just get rid of them. And it's amazing when you start surrounding yourself with the right kind of people how things improve and change in your life. Now, if you're someone who has a substance abuse problem, that might continue to fall – that that might be a, an unbreakable opportunity. Super I mean, I, I just hate to say that, but you just – that that just becomes the controlling force of your life and it just and it's so hard to break and it's so difficult especially in the world in in professional sports when it's so easy to put yourself in harm's way of or or in temptation's way of that situation it's just it's almost impossible for these guys who get caught up in the substance abuse issue so John Morant unbelievable it's just incredible to watch but hopefully you go this is just an incident 
and change the people you're around, you know, you might have a chance, and, and hopefully that's all it is. Here's the actual rule according to the collective bargaining agreement between uh, the Players Association and the NBA. Whenever a player is physically present at a facility or a – so firearms or other weapons, right? Whether a player is at a physically present at a facility or a venue owned, operated, or being used by a team, the NBA or any league-related entity, whenever a player is traveling – NBA-related business of any kind, whether it's on behalf of the team, the NBA, or any league-related entity, such a, such player shall not possess a firearm of any kind at any time or any other deadly weapon for purposes of foregoing the, a facility or venue. That includes but is not limited to arenas, practice facilities, team or league offices, all-star NBA playoff venues, uh, the site of promotional or charitable appearances, and any travel uh, any any travel destination that you might be going to any hotel anything and also on top of it the plane obviously any violation of this section so here it is uh the nba constitution bylaws shall there be subject to discipline by the nba accordance with such article which according to that article is a possibility of a 50 game suspension now can the nba is it in the nba's interest to kind of not turn a blind eye because they don't they haven't before. You know, think of Gilbert Arenas and, and his issue, right? And a firearm being on the, on the premises and brandishing the firearm and making threats, et cetera. He he missed a full year, I think. I think he suspended a full year. You're not gonna they're not gonna turn a blind eye. No, to and I don't gun. think it is. But I think that if they have a way for them to go, yeah, we can't technically say that that firearm was with him on the airplane, was with him in the locker room, was with him anywhere else. And we start to find out. But here's a real problem. Taylor Jenkins, the head coach of the of the Memphis Grizzlies, that poor freaking guy. Like, he is such a good coach, and they're trying their darndest to figure this thing out. They had a team meeting that really centered around John Morant, according to reports, that Steven Adams brought everybody together, players-only meeting, and they're like, we have to button down here because we can't have outside uh, distractions. And the very next morning is when John Morant made that uh, that IG live video of himself on there. Now somebody was talking about too in Colorado how if you're if you're drunk and you and you have a firearm that's a that's a big no no too. You're not going to be able to prove from a video that he was drunk. Okay, that's just not going to fly in the court in, in a court law. And they're not going to go look at him. He's definitely drunk. Uh, he was making a dumb decision, but you're not going to be able to prove it. Uh, I don't think in that in that sense. But the legal consequences could be there. And then there's the league stuff, which doesn't really care about the legal the legal side. They go straight to we've done our own investigation and we're going to hit you with 50 games, and that could be still a possibility. At the very least, he's going to miss probably the rest of the regular season. Uh, and I hope they don't just try to get him back for the playoffs either. If this is the case that he had a gun, uh, you know, traveling with him, it's insane. It's wild. All right, Whew, got it all off my chest here. Hey, we have a uh, break to take here, Scott. Is that, is that okay? Let's do it. Uh, let's come back. When we return, we have so many other things to uh, chat about, including but not limited to. Uh, I have the menu at the Big 12 Conference uh, basketball tournament in Kansas City. It is a Big 12-specific menu, and I can't wait to roll it out. And I also can't wait for your thoughts as to what BYU should bring to the table because obviously Oklahoma and Texas brought some stuff to the menu this Does year. Does everyone bring something? Every to the menu? team has a, every team has a, a menu, a menu item. item. 
Oh, that would be fun. Let's go over it. <laughs> we know what BYU can bring. <laughs> Some teams really freaking got it wrong, by the way. BYU's going to bring Diet Coke Zero. <laughs> Diet no caffeine-free, caffeine-free, no, Diet you, Coke Zero. You guys are just hating on BYU. They haven't had they haven't had non-caffeinated drinks. You've been able to have caffeine at a BYU facility for a while now, okay? So settle down. All right, we'll come back. Uh, more to go around the corner. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.